Thank you for tuning in to The Balancing Fact. I'm Angela Calais. I have been a full-time realtor for the past 15 years. With three kids running a real estate brokerage, I work to dispel the myth that you cannot have a work-life balance when working in real estate. That balance looks different for everybody. Today, my guest is Dr. Dave Gestitis. Dr. Dave runs a successful chiropractic practice in Franklin, Wisconsin. He has extensive postgraduate training in postural correction, whiplash, pregnancy, pediatrics, functional medicine, brain health, and more. He is certified in chiropractic biophysics, chiropractic pediatrics, and as a chiropractic wellness practitioner. When he's not doing adjustments with his patients, he teaches others how to manage stress, prevent injuries, and achieve peak performance in all facets of life. We all have been challenged throughout life with stress, long-term stress and short-term, and the consequences that come from being under stress. I'm honored that Dr. Dave has agreed to talk to me today on this topic. Hi, Dr. Dave. Thank you for sitting with me today and talking about stress. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Stress, I feel like, is something everybody has. It's not, um, it's it's not um, just realtor moms who deal with that kind of thing. And we all know that um, there are ways of dealing with stress or how to overcome stress. But can you tell me? Let's start by talking a little bit about what actually causes stress on how, like. I know that, you know, work will stress me out. Kids will stress me out. But why is that? What is actually happening in my body that is causing this reaction? Well, this the the perception or the experience of stress starts with your interpretation of your environment. So, you know, for two people, the same situation will not necessarily be stressful. Um, I give the analogy in the office a lot that if you have, um, a new recruit in the army that goes over to Iraq and he's fighting alongside a 10 year veteran who's been over there for 10 years and you know had bullets whizzing over his head, head and bombs blasting every everywhere. The two are gonna experience that first day or that next bu- bullet whizzing over their head uh, completely differently, right? The one's gonna duck and like say, oh my God, I wanna go home. And the other ones we say, yeah, that happens every day. You know, yeah. and, and so if you compare that to um, you know, childhood or child raising your kids and the noises they make and the demands they place on you or work stresses like, oh my gosh, my, my internet's down and I can't, I can't see any of my, uh, my listings, you know, to show somebody or uh, all those different things are going to be interpreted differently depending upon your preparation, your prior experiences, right? Um, so from that signal, from that interpretation, your brain determines, oh, is this a threat to me? how big of a threat, how urgent is it? And beyond that, how long of a threat is going to be? Is this something that will go away as soon as the, you know, the internet comes back up or my kid, you know, calms down having, you know, having their lunch um, and having a a happy tummy again? Um, Or what will it take? Or is this something that's going to be a long, a long haul? Uh, It's going to take, you know, days, weeks to resolve. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. That makes total sense because things that totally stress out my husband, I'm like, just sit back and relax. I got this. You know what I mean? And right. vice versa. Right. So how how do you think we can um, 
you know, I, I know there's different signs of stress and determining, okay, what, what are some um, things we might recognize as a symptom or, or of, of stress? Because I know there's been times where um, I don't, I think I'm handling everything fine. Like I got this, we're, we're cool. And then I'll realize that I've been clenching my jaw like all day long. So are, are there certain things we can look for to recognize, oh, this is because I'm under stress? Sure. That's a great example of the jaw clenching. Um, that's really common. Uh, people grind their teeth. You know, maybe they're not, not clenching, but they're grinding their teeth. Um, and if you zoom out of that a little bit and think about, you know, where are you holding tension? Where are you, you know, your, your body um, will work on trying to handle the challenge, even if your mind thinks, oh, I've got this, mm. right? Um, we always think about, oh, there's the mind and there's the body. And this new concept, oh, of mind-body medicine, oh, we need to work the two together. Like, how does that ever, how did that ever get separated? I don't know how, but yeah. somehow, you know, now we're getting back to this mind-body connection. Like, yeah, everything that you experience up here in your, in your thought world, experience, mm. you experience it in your body simultaneously because there's no there's no boundary of where all the those brain chemicals, the the stress neurotransmitters that you create up here, or the intention of handling some crisis up here, it doesn't stop here. It flows all the way through your your whole system, and so where you might experience it, um, first of all, you might experience it where you have areas of um, imbalance, like you know spinal misalignments, you know those areas that have had prior injuries. Maybe like low back pain is your thing. And wow, every time I get stressed, I get low back pain really bad, you know, or I get headaches all the time. And oh, if I get stressed, it, the headaches get worse. Um, mm -hmm. Other people that might be, oh, I'm, I'm kind of weak in the stomach. I get kind of queasy every time I get stressed or scared. And mm -hmm. so stress comes along and oh yeah, my I have stomach upset, indigestion, um, that kind of thing. Um, or this run of the bathroom, you know, they have diarrhea, you know, those, it yeah. could be anything that is, um, um, exacerbated or worsened because of uh, the stress. Mm -hmm. Are there any things that in your practice you think would be okay? I'm maybe maybe this is somebody who's going through like a longer term stress thing. If they're getting like a business up and running, that's something that takes months, a year, and you might be under stress for a long period of time. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any difference between you know that long period of stress? as opposed to, well, I'm really stressed out today because we're moving, but you know, I'll relax tomorrow kind of thing. Right. Yeah, there's a huge difference. Um, it, you know, you've, you know, everybody knows the, the, the impact of adrenaline, right? We've heard of the stories of the, the mom whose kid was, you know, pinned underneath a car and she has superhuman strength and gets this huge adrenaline rush and is able to do amazing things. That's a short-term stress release um, hormone. Mm. Long-term stress release, we release, uh, we uh, circulate cortisol. So the adrenal glands produce both. Uh, they they respond to the short-term with adrenaline, but that we can't handle long-term adrenaline. It's like trying to sprint for the long haul, mm -hmm. like sprinting a marathon. Right? It's not possible. But when it comes to oh, I've got a marathon stress. Um, problem. Then we release cortisol and cortisol helps us to adapt to a long-term stress environment. But unfortunately, it, it 
really compromises a lot of our core functions and shifts us into catabolism, which is basically body breakdown. Um, we start throwing everything on the fire. Um, we start breaking down certainly fats. We, we burn off our sugars. We burn off, uh, we start burning some of our muscle even. Um, and, you know, long-term stress can be really damaging. Uh, we prioritize survival over rebuilding, repairing, and normal functioning of even our immune systems or our digestive systems. So long-term stress is really detrimental and one of the main drivers of uh, the majority of our, of our health problems in our country. Mm. Do you, is that correlation that you just mentioned, is that why we've heard that, well, if you're under stress, it might be hard for you to lose weight um, because of the way that your body is like metabolizing when you're under stress with the sugars and things like that? Yes. So let's just say you're in a long-term, uh, more mental, emotional stress, right? But you're not necessarily physically active. You know, your brain is working overtime and you're cranking out all these thoughts and activities and expectations and worries, um, you'll still release the same um, chemistry in the body, but mm -hmm. we're not burning it off, mm. right? So what will happen is when you, when you release cortisol, cortisol is derived from cholesterol. So between cholesterol and cortisol, there's a pathway of conversion. Um, in order to make cholesterol, our body craves sugar and fat. Mm. So when we get stressed out, our cravings for sugar and fat go up. Yeah. So like salty. That's why we go French for the fries. tub of ice cream or oh, whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. French fries. Like, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Give me a tub <laughs> of, you know, potato chips or you know, something greasy and something fat and something yeah. uh, carb loaded. Yeah. So would you, for somebody who's either under short-term stress or long-term stress, is there a different way you would um, recommend approaching one or the other? Or is there, is it going to be different per person? Or how, how, do, we, how do we solve this? How yeah. do we fix this? Well, yeah, I, I don't necessarily compartmentalize the two or treat them differently. It's, it's more of a matter of, of severity. Um, acute, okay. acute stress... Uh, experiences or acute stress health related issues are often more like, you know, I got an injury, right? Mm -hmm. I hurt myself because as I was moving, like you said, I was moving and I hurt my back, you know, mm -hmm. or I got, I just need to take a break. I just need a nap. You know, I need to sleep this off because I got too wound up, but then that stress is gone to, you know, tomorrow and you'll be okay. Right. Um, Long-term stress though. Now we're really looking at, okay, what are the what are the health ramifications of that? What's happening in the body? Do we need to shore up some deficiencies in the, that person's health profile um, beyond structural? You know, because as a chiropractor, as you know, I'm looking at the structure primarily, but that structure influences the nervous system and it protects the nervous system. So they're intimately related. So long-term stress impacts um, include nervous system changes to wire us. To be prepared for the long haul and that transition back from being wired for long-term stress experience back to present time living right so present time consciousness not worrying about a month from now not worried about you know a year from now now i'm living back closer to reality and today then i can pull back my resources and focus on healing digestion immune function 
you know, what needs to happen right now, right? Yeah. Being present in the moment. So kind of like baby steps, like let's just take one thing at a time and just focus on this one thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, something that I've been trying to do for years and I struggle with consistency and I think a lot of people are probably very similar is I try to do um, a meditation in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um try to decrease that, you know, that fight or flight. I think you and I have talked about that before and, and mm -hmm. get those levels down. And um, I was actually reading a book and, and it was saying, you know, kind of dispelling that, um, well, just get in whatever you can. If you're only meditating for three minutes, that's fine. If you're only meditating for five minutes, whatever you can do is better than nothing. And, and the book was, uh, the author was saying, um, no, you really got to meditate longer than that to actually see the results. Like you might have mental clarity in that moment, but to actually get those levels down, you're going to have to do like a longer meditation. So is that? Yeah. So, right. So there's, so there's getting through, getting by, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I just, if I just laid down for five minutes, I, I know I didn't sleep more than four hours last night, but right. if I can just take a little cat nap for five minutes. I'll get, I'll be able to get through the day right? The, yeah. You get to a point where that sleep deprivation will catch up to you, right? Yeah. And that meditation of three minutes versus a good 20 minute meditation, it's not going to reset you. And and even though like getting through the day is not equivalent to health. True. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's, there's health and there's optimal function and there's prevention and wellness, and then there's getting by. Mm -hmm. And so at some point we're gonna have to decide um, each individual you know, has to decide where do you want your health trajectory to be? Are you trying to just maintain? Are you trying to mm -hmm. just not lose? Or are you trying to gain and optimize and expand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I think there's sometimes even stress brought on by the fact that I know I have to do these stress relieving things. I know I have to eat better. I know I have to see my chiropractor. I know I have to meditate or I'm using oils or something. And there's just so much information. There's so many things that you think you mm -hmm. could do that mm -hmm. actually the stress of implementing these things <laughs> brings on more stress. And then you feel like, well, I'm failing because I didn't do any of these things um, because I'm so worried about doing all of them. Right. Right. Yeah. I love the, I love the saying that in order to do, um, in order to do something, you don't have to do everything or something like mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah, it doesn't mean you have to do it all, but you can prioritize the major, the major, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, health habits that you can start with in order to get the biggest bang for your buck. Um, yeah. And are there any certain types of um, foods that are good for um, stress release or that you should totally avoid? <laughs> right. Well, the conventional wisdom would say, you know, eat your comfort foods, right? You get right. stressed out yeah. and go get some mac and cheese. Oh, now I feel better. You know? And then the next day you're kicking yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. That's a conventional wisdom. So I would say there's not really anything particularly um, um, more you know, healthier during stress than if you were not experiencing stress but under stressful times let's just say we're you know we're in one of the more stressful days of our lives your energy consumption will probably go up right because you're you're going to be revving your engine even if it's just your brain if your brain is taxed you still your brain consumes 30 percent of your body's energy 
So if you're overworking your brain, you're still, your energy demand went up. So you're going to have to yeah. eat enough. And uh, that's why and, even at sitting at a desk all day working, you're exhausted and mm -hmm. you haven't actually moved much, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then hydration is another huge issue. Uh, you can have 20% reduced energy just because of a 5% dehydration. Oh, geez. Yeah. So your brain, you know, needs all those, that, those resources, but it also needs enough of a liquid medium to get those resources up to the brain. Mm -hmm. So if, so whether it's a short-term stress or a long-term stress, really you have to be hydrating your body mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, focusing on what's going on right then. So then your energy, your brain power, your energy, energy isn't being depleted by kind of being all over the place and worrying about all of these other things, just kind of focusing on one thing at a time. Yeah. And I guess to answer your question about like what foods would be yeah. more beneficial for me, it, it's still the same healthy lineup. You mm -hmm. know, I, I wouldn't eat any differently if I was in a stressful day than I, and, and if, I was okay. in a, a, um, a less stressful day. Um, okay. But like I said, I might include more resources because I might be consuming more. You know, I might okay. be burning more calories because of the extra extra physical or mental uh, efforts. Yeah. So maybe still consume those healthy foods. You just might need more of them. Right. right? Yeah, okay. For sure. And, and it's something um, I think it's important to think about too is um, as your brain is, is it consumes glucose, you know, so, mm -hmm. so blood sugar levels when they drop will really be affect, um, be felt in the brain. So when you experience low blood sugar, you can have brain fog and you can have tiredness, um, mm. feelings, especially for those who don't have healthy blood sugar levels or healthy blood sugar control. Mm -hmm. Um, as you and I have had conversations about ketogenic diets, uh, you know, that kind of thing in the past, um, that's something that I practice is, you know, living uh, more or less a ketogenic uh, lifestyle, right? So that helps to burn fat as a priority versus sugar and helps you create more ketones versus, um, you know, burning ketones in your brain versus burning sugar. Uh, mm -hmm. Your brain will still burn some sugar, but giving the brain some of those ketones will help your brain to have maintain that sharp focus, um, even when it's active um, mm -hmm. or extractive. Um, so the ketones are a little bit more stable in terms of that energy um, output or as a fuel compared to blood sugar, um, especially for those who have poorly managed or regulated blood sugar. So those who are more on the roller coaster or have insulin resistance um, or those up, you know, those ups and downs of blood sugar. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, that's something I've been trying to, trying to follow too. It's a, it's totally a, a shift though. And I feel like you have to, you have to mentally put yourself in a position where I'm going to tackle this. It's not going, you have to recognize what your, what, what your shortcomings are. And I think a lot of times it's managing stress, responding to stress. So mm -hmm. I might be really stressed out about something, but that doesn't mean I have to take it out on everybody around me. How am I going to manage yeah. this in a way that it doesn't affect everybody in in my environment? Um, is there ever a time where being under stress could be a positive thing? So I'm thinking of situations where, you know, maybe somebody is in danger 
or something really big is going on and like necessarily my body needs to be under stress to be able to tackle that. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, sure. So there's, yeah, there's like that crisis situation where you need to have that, you know, you need to be able to summon all of your resources, all of your uh, faculties to respond to the situation, whether it's physically or, or mentally. Um, when, you know, our brain focuses in on threats, we have parts of our brain that are just threat detectors. And they have a little, imagine a little scribe next to that part of the brain that writes down and has, it's part of the, the brain's memory center. It takes note of what that threat was. And then the next time you encounter anything like it, it says, hey, this is just like that. React faster. Yeah. Similar to the immune system with antibodies. You know, we have antibody left over from a prior infection. Sure. Next time you find that in, yeah, pathogen and that microbe in your body, oh, hey, let's respond and get a, a jump on it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we want to be able to summon everything from our body to be able to, um, our resources in order to be able to respond to the threat. Um, and otherwise, too, you know, if we didn't have a little bit of stress, if we didn't have a little bit of feeling of, you know, I better get up today because, you know, if I don't, if, oh, I, if I lay down here, yeah, I need to eat. You know, I need mm -hmm. to work. I need to make a little money. I need to um, take care of my kids or take care of myself. I, mm -hmm. You know, if we don't have any reason to get out of bed with zero stress, then we just lay there and just continue to relax. Um, yeah. You know, so there's a balance between that as well. Right. So for somebody who's maybe starting to recognize that they're under this longer term of stress, they're recognizing that every day they're having that backache or every day they're having those digestive issues. Um, what would you say, um, what would you advise? And I know as a doctor, you don't want to advise anything, but if you had to say, okay, if you're under a long-term stress, what is the first thing you want to tackle? Should I look at my food? Should I call my doctor? Should I go to a chiropractor? Should I try some meditation? Is there like a safe uh, recommendation for anybody that somebody should be able to implement? Um, and, and just kind of do a little bit at a time. So like what I feel like a lot of times what people will do is they'll, they'll have all of these things and they'll try to implement everything at once and then they'll fail because they won't do any of it because they try too much at once. So right. I usually tell people like, let's just start with one thing. Like let's, let's master the going to bed on time. And then once you get into that habit, let's add in, you know, something else. So where would, where would you say a good safe starting point would be for pretty much anybody? Yeah. It, it depends on how acute the situation is. Like if yeah. this, this person is to the point where they're like hyperventilating in the middle of their day and they like, you know, they, they're just begging for help, right. Then they need a timeout. They need to stop because, you know, they're on their, they're heading towards a health disaster, a health crisis, right? Um, but if it's, let's just say it's short of that, but they feel really unhappy, unhealthy, you know, unstable. And like, yeah, this is not going to last very long. I can keep going, but boy, I wish I had some, I wish somebody knew how badly I was feeling. Then that person yeah. also, I would say, you know, you need to build in some, some downtime. You need to give yourself mm -hmm. some downtime, maybe go for a walk during the day. Yeah. Um, right. Just get away, get outside. Mm -hmm listen to the rhythms and the sounds of nature because the pace that nature goes is more sustainable than the pace that, that we go in our own heads in our own um, business world right mm -hmm. we, we accelerate everything like with our technologies um, with our ability to multiply our effects 
we, we make things go faster, which is great, but it's our biology can't always keep up, you know, mm -hmm. so we need to take time out during the day to certainly go for exercise, get some, get a walk and get some fresh air and reconnect to nature's pace. And at night, the other flip side of that recommendation, like you said, at getting starting with some good sleep, I think downtime at night would be the next recommendation. Just go ahead and make sure you go to bed and just turn it off. You have yeah. to turn it off if you want to be able to turn it on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just re recovering that sense of, all right, I need to gain control over my um, my on switch and my off off switch. Mm -hmm. And then beyond yeah. that, say, okay, now I have some sense of, okay, I don't, I'm not a slave to this, um, the demands upon me. You know, I am in control of what I choose to, when I choose to work and when I choose not to work. Even if I need to work, if I don't get control of that, then it will control me and mm -hmm. it will, the consequences will come when I least expect them. Yeah. I think going for a walk, that is a huge just release. Like it's just, and like you you mentioned, just listen to the rhythm. Like I think a lot of people will, um, they might go for a walk, but they're listening maybe to a program or something and the, the AirPods. And you know, I yeah. talk to a lot of people who are listening to things like Motive for Murder podcasts and like Dateline podcasts and, and things <laughs> like that, where it's like, I don't think you're really like taking advantage of this time yeah. where that's really where your mind can rest. And um, sometimes I'll listen to like audio books and things and it, it might be like... Um, business related or, or otherwise. And it'll just, my mind will just start thinking of things. And I just, I take out my phone and I write it down right away because that's a huge release for me is mm -hmm. getting out the things that um, I know are just kind of in the background somewhere. Yeah. So like, if you're going for a walk, like fill that time with positive things for your brain, because even if you find it entertaining to listen to these negative things, there is nothing positive to your body that is going to come from, you know, listening to murder podcasts or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I, and I think there's, there's that um, aspect of what type of stimulation are we exposed to? You know, we are, you know, with our phones, you know, we're, there's so much stimulation coming at us, you know, looking at the number of hours each, each day, each week that we're spending on our phones stimulated, um, you know, that, we, that requires a break, you know, yeah. we're, we're, nobody's going to go backwards and completely get off of their technology, but we need to build in that off time. Yeah. And, and if you go outside for a walk or even, I mean, in the dead of winter, rainy day, to me, doesn't really matter, just dress appropriately, get out mm -hmm. there and just pay attention to that season, that time of day. Try to get out a little bit too, if you can, in the morning in the sunrise where the mm -hmm. sky is a little orange or at sunset when the sky is a little orange. That will signal to your brain what time of day it is because mm -hmm. that whole blue light from midday exposure carried over to the night with um, screen time. Yeah. The screen time, if unless it's, you know, um, blue light filtered where you get that amber color it will be that blue light will tell your brain that it's midday so getting a little bit more in touch with not only the nature you know nature sounds the the smells of nature and the time of time of year it is um 
and the pace of nature, but also getting that reconnected to those circadian rhythms that nature provides through just yeah. the sunlight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that. I think that is definitely a good place to start for somebody who's finding themselves under stress is go for a walk, man. Like unless, mm -hmm. unless you're in dire straits, you're going to be calling your doctor, go, go for a walk. I mean, and I yeah. think that's something where even if it's five, 10, I mean, we're in Wisconsin, so there are days where it's really cold, but there's some science behind it being in a cold environment too, right? Like I always turn mm -hmm. the shower on real cold for about 30 seconds before I get out. And it just, I, I don't know this, I don't know the physical science stuff behind it, but I know it's there because I can feel the difference. Yeah. You have, I mean, you have like the, I think it's in Finland and in Russia, I think they bring their, even their, their kids, you know, maybe babies to like these polar plunges. I, I can't say for sure oh, that, that they do polar plunge, but they get outside and they, they expose themselves to colder air. And, and I know from a standpoint of the science I read, I look for some uh, good studies on it. And there were, there was, um, there was a bit of a debate about the benefits of it. But mm. if you think about what it does to be exposed to cold and to be exposed to heat, you know, we are in a, we're typically in a 70 degree environment all day long. And there's no challenge right or left, right, warm or cold in that environment. So in the summertime, we come back inside, it's maintained similar temperature. Wintertime, similar temperature. Now, if you go outside and you start adapting to that colder temperature, as, as you would with a cold shower, you're forcing your body's uh, circulatory system to respond and react. Your brain has to sense, okay, what is the temperature outside? How much do I need to circulate? Uh, the blood? Do I need to pull it back to my organs, my visceral organs, and away from the extremities? And that's an adaptation move, right? And mm -hmm. the more adaptable we are in a controlled environment, just like yeah. with exercise, you're challenging yourself. You're saying, hey, heart, beat a little faster, beat a little stronger at a pace that I can sustain for 20, 30 minutes mm -hmm. and adapt to that right? The more you do it, the, reg the more regularly you do it, yeah. you're adapting to that challenge. So just like the cold, just like the exercise, just like different, even with fasting. Oh, hey, I'm going to skip breakfast and have breakfast at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. I'm forcing my body to adapt to a challenge, to a yeah, a challenge or a stressor that is controlled by me. Yeah. I become more adaptable. My range of tolerance becomes wider. And now with time, I'm able to handle more. Yeah. You're training your body. How, totally. you're training your body how to adapt to different environmental changes and you could train your body to deal with stress too i would yeah. imagine so definitely awesome yeah well i think that's a great uh place to end our conversation thank you so much for talking with me i think this is really valuable and i always love the insights that you have and that you've been sharing with me over the last couple of years so i appreciate it you're so welcome angela i appreciate the opportunity to be here